taking command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. Scene 76, English staff meeting the day before the attack on Fort Washington. General Howe, Patterson, and others are there. Patterson had been sent out to deliver a letter to American Colonel McGaw to surrender Fort Washington or face annihilation, but he is back. Howe is seated with others standing around him. Colonel Patterson, how was my letter received by their Colonel McGaw? Patterson says he refused our summons to surrender the fort even under the threat of annihilation. Interesting, Howe says, their refusal, though we intend nothing of the sort. Howe lightly gestures to Patterson, who hands the letter to Howe. And though you allowed him two hours for a response, General, McGaw penned his response immediately while I waited. How now both reads and speaks the contents of the letter. I see their minds were made up from the beginning, and as he says, we are actuated by the most glorious cause that mankind ever fought in. I am determined, he says, to defend the fort to the very last extremity. A very brave response in the face of the attack we will now launch. There, 2,000 will be outmanned, outmatched, and surrounded by our 8,000. Howe stands now and moves to the table with a map of the area on it. All gather round as Howe with flawless confidence begins. All right, tomorrow morning early, our artillery massed on the east side of the Harlem River will begin bombardment of Fort Washington for four hours. Howe looks to his aides, see to the couriers, have them send word now to our generals who are in place to advance on the morrow. The aides leave as Howe continues. General von Knipshausen with his 4,000 Hessians will advance from King's Bridge. Percy will push north from Harlem with his 2,500. Cornwallis will come from the east and cross the Harlem River, striking the flank of the troops opposing Percy as the Hessians push directly up the steep slopes. I anticipate a decisive victory. Dismissed. Patterson? Yes, sir. Hal pours himself a drink as they leave. I have not heard from Elizabeth. Have you sent post, General? I have. Maybe something has happened. No, Patterson said. You would have heard. Patterson, I am smitten. I love her, perhaps too much. It is more than her beauty, her selfless spiritual essence, like a divine mirror from our center, overwhelmed sometimes. Hal looks away with controlled emotion and then continues as he sees more into it. It is where the known and the unknown court one another and begin to merge. 
the quest of the Grail Knights, William. General Yu, how knows where he is going and cuts him off. How looks at Patterson with wisdom, James. She is better than I. You are lucky, William, Patterson says. When this is over, James, I'm taking her with me to England. She's the only one I have ever really loved. Between you and me, Patterson, I would like a son, but I want what Elizabeth and I have more. You two were meant to be, Patterson says, ever since that night when you outflanked me. Before that, James, ever since Breed Hill, God has brought me to himself and something of myself no longer exists. With Elizabeth, I continue to merge. You'll believe me when I tell you, James, that in my esteem, few of what we call advantages in life would be worth acceptance if none were to partake them with us. Thank you, William. I am always happy to share my friend's good fortune. How's demeanor changes? Some are saying, Patterson, our exit from White Plains was sudden and that we forfeited an opportunity for a complete victory. You had your reasons, General. After we gained Chatterton Hill, Howe says, with the detached column, we could have chased and dispersed them. No, General. It was the correct decision. You planned to strike them the next day. Then it rained hard on our munitions, and your attention shifted to Fort Washington with that deserter from the fort. Showed you the architectural plans. An excuse, Patterson. I don't need a plan to see into my next move. Like now, sir, you know all of this and why you did it. You're right, Patterson. We defeat the rebels tomorrow. Then the colonists will treat. They both turn to go in opposite directions. Patterson wears a look of, gotta do this. William, how turns and they come together. This might not be, speak freely, James. After the game and too much to drink the other night, Percy and I were walking back and... Patterson stops and shakes his head. How waits. He said he felt drawn to Elizabeth, as though it were fate, and he imagined her entering the king's box on his arm, and what a brilliant pair they would make. I told him I did not need to know his intimate thoughts, influenced by drink. But the truth will out, and he said other things. I tried to tell him that this was just a silly whim that had seized him, and that she was your girl. It was the way he said, no, James, that told me he wanted me to let you know before it got out of control. Howe still listens, head down. I feel like a traitor stuck in the middle, Patterson says. However, his burst of frankness, unheeded, might bear tremendous consequences if left unchecked. Howe looks up. Yes, Patterson, Elizabeth has that effect on men's souls. Thank you. We knew it was becoming a problem. Yes, I will have to use a firmer grip. Patterson looks with be lenient. Still, Howe says, he wanted me to know. 
And there has been nothing lately? No, Patterson says. Maybe that's the last of it, Patterson. He sorted it out and knows that I know. Patterson is still not at ease, but Howe has decided. Grace period, James. You took his confession, and if need be, distance will absolve him. Scene 77, First Light, Washington with generals Putnam, Green, Mercer, and Reed in a boat, rowed by dorymen almost across the river on their way to Fort Washington. What was that, Green said. All listen and look up river across the calm water. Washington says quietly, cannon fire. Their attack has begun off to the left. Look there. Their boat hits ground and the generals leap out down river from the fort. They scramble up a hill and view the distance with field glasses. Reed says there is some movement. I fear there is more that we don't see. We should leave now, general. Reed shakes his head with premonition. Cut to later that day, Washington and his generals deeply saddened, watching from across the Hudson. Long lines of American prisoners marching to waiting prison barges. Reed can be seen shaking his head. Green and Washington are especially miserable. Our poor men, 3,000 of them, Washington says. I'm so sorry, sir. I take full responsibility that I ever thought and convinced you that this might be our Bunker Hill, says Green. If only we could do something. Reed is fuming, but in his face we see resolve grow with a plan. Scene 78, Fort Washington. Howe with his victorious generals, Percy, Cornwallis, Patterson, and von Knipshausen. Troops are moving all about them, and the general's lieutenants are standing nearby ready to continue. As the generals speak, they start to look at each other with, this is not our general Howe. Well done, Howe says. Well planned, general, Percy replies. A German says, a round of schnapps, and then we finish them, no? To the finish, general, Cornwallis says. Howe's face grows set with his resolve. His zeal has shifted in emphasis. Cornwallis questions harshly. That's it? We're done? General Howe does not respond. General, Cornwallis continues, why this excessive degree of caution? It doesn't get any better than this. Howe speaks over Cornwallis's last sentence. For now it does. That's an order, Cornwallis. Percy, Cornwallis says. Percy looks to Howe and then at Patterson, who shows nothing. Cornwallis stands there, not believing. Howe says, Cornwallis, you're with me. Howe walks off to a more private place, and Cornwallis follows in a fighting mood. Captain Stedman goes up to his General Percy and whispers, General Percy, Lord Cornwallis is correct. We should pursue, not duck out of the opportunity. Not now, Captain. Cut to General Howe. Cornwallis begins. General, we must pursue and finish off the rest of Washington's army. Why the delay? This pause in the proceedings. 
Let's get the job done now. How, says the next, without waver or weakness. There are no further plans as of yet. Cornwallis looks around and realizes he is creating theater for their subordinates, and from decades of aristocratic upbringing, he pulls all together on the spot, as though there was never anything awry, lowers his voice, and still tells Howe what he thinks. Sorry, sir, rough day, lost men. However, this time I must insist, while there is ardor and zeal, they stand face to face, and others are watching. How grows in presence undeniably, and says in a quiet voice, but with immense power, Cornwallis, see to your men. Cornwallis keeps strong eye contact with How, and then he walks away. How watches him, and then he feels the weight of his subordinate stares. He glances in the direction of his officers, their lieutenants and regulars, who show forth various shades of perplexity regarding their general's bizarre actions. Patterson and Percy walk over to Howe in a show of support. Howe is every inch the general as he says to them, when Cornwallis cools off, we will discuss options. Scene 79. Nighttime, a few days after the battle, Lord Cornwallis, who has been drinking, is in conversation with Lord Percy and Patterson in his tent. What a let-off for Washington. His weakened army is retreating. By now, they're on the road to Newark. Soon he will be out of reach. I say, finish the rebels off now. Patterson, Percy... The general will move soon, Percy says. He has his reasons. I confess, Patterson, Cornwallis says, I understand not, having never had, what I'm trying to say is, maybe the reason is Elizabeth. Percy gives himself away momentarily at Elizabeth's name, and Patterson takes charge. Cornwallis, enough of this. Hear me out, Patterson. You know him best, and you have to admit his early enthusiasm to get the job done has diminished somewhat. Does he want to prevail? A wall of criticism is mounting. Patterson replies not, and Cornwallis grows more ardent. What is our best way forward at this point? Hydra-headed rumor grows amongst our frustrated ranks. They know not. They do not understand master exploiter how not finishing. In White Plains, Clinton, both men make a face and roll their eyes at Clinton's name. Cornwallis continues, Clinton made it a point of coming to me to complain that he thought General Howe was not leading properly, that he did not have England's best interest at heart. He felt that the general should have fought on after Breed Hill, that he should have gained control after Dorchester Heights, that he replaced a general with regular advances at Brooklyn Heights when he should not have. Enough with gossip, Percy says. We were all there, Cornwallis. We've been through this and listened to the interminable Clinton. Let us not forget that he was in agreement at the time with the regular advances because a general had not been planned. What is this, Cornwallis? The map reader's ideas again, taking us from the general's hosted card game tonight as we speak? 
I have to settle a score. I've heard enough. Patterson, we will be missed at the table soon. Cornwallis says, is the welfare of our nation his first objective? Percy wears a, you've got to be kidding look. Hear me out, Percy. There is a pattern of complacency that can no longer be overlooked. Our general is at large with Elizabeth in the old way and in charge. Patterson shakes his head. Cornwallis, accusations against a friend who stands at the center of our army? Percy and Patterson look at each other with, let's go. Camera cut to Hal's card game and drinking. It is during a hand. Hal looks out the window and then down at his cards. We have not our usual set. Where are Patterson and Percy? Balfour adds, and Cornwallis. They said they would be here. All comes to Hal and then under his breath with Cornwallis. Hal considers his perception with a sudden downturn of his eyes to his left. Mackenzie takes a card, smiles, and seizes his chance over the distracted Howe, who did not perceive the contents of Mackenzie's take on the fly of an attended moment. Mackenzie says, call you, General. Howe folds. Shit, I'm not in the game. Lieutenant, you're taking a break, sir? The lieutenant comes over to the table. Find Patterson and Percy. Check Cornwallis's tent. Tell them I want to see them on the double at HQ. Sorry, lads. I will be back shortly. Cut back to Patterson. Cornwallis. Clinton has the pattern of behavior. Keep talking while I get a refresher. And then we will go, Percy. Patterson takes his brandy bottle from an inside pocket of his top coat. Cornwallis continues. In New York... Howe sounds bugles and stops at the Murray's for Madeira. We were there, Cornwallis, Percy says. What about White Plains? He scatters the rebels but doesn't finish them when our soldiers were most desirous for employment. Patterson says, I was there. It rained and fouled the munitions. Is there anything else? The game's afoot, Cornwallis. Clinton said he could no longer take command from Howe. <laughs> Percy says, by God, that is a cause for celebration. Why didn't you start out with this? Cornwallis sinks back into his chair. The other two now stand and are turning toward the door. All right, Cornwallis says, forget I ever mentioned Clinton. They turn. There has never been a general like ours, one who is off the cuff and on the spur of the moment. How can foresee through feel the adversary's intention? He may have a plan in place, but at a moment's notice, he reads the field or something comes to him on the fly, and instantly he changes the course of history. The man is brilliant, a creative genius. But you have to admit of late, he is not the general we've always known, the one whose sense of duty regarding finishing the action needs no quickening or urging. The other two say nothing. Cornwallis continues, We must speak to him, Patterson, Percy. There is no way you can remain neutral. He is devastating troop morale. We cannot concede easy wins. 
On our way to victory, passion for war is diminishing. Our conscripts will lose their less than martial spirit and all others' love for arms will soften. We should be back in England. Have we not lost friends and brothers needlessly? Patterson says, in my opinion, that is harsh, Cornwallis. Don't pass censure upon his actions. Give him the benefit of your doubt. His mission is also one of peace, and perhaps all will be decided when England wins American hearts and minds. Cornwallis says, Patterson, should I live in hope? At the start of the conflict, he told me one battle and then back to England. True, Percy said, but we three are not privy to his ministerial letters. Peace solutions might have gained on outright annihilation. From outside the tent, we hear an officer. Lieutenant says, General Cornwallis, I have a message for you. The three look at each other wondering. Enter, Cornwallis says. The general wants to see all three of you immediately at HQ. Percy, it seems our most celebrated general is the same Cornwallis. A level above, Patterson adds. Scene 80. HQ a little later. Howe is filling his drink glass. Patterson walks in and gives his general a nod and a smile. Howe has a playful look, knowing what they have been up to. Percy nods aristocratically. Cornwallis is red-faced and tipsy. Howe gestures toward his bottle and glasses. Please. My mind was not on the game. I am here now to answer questions so we can get back to it. Patterson and Percy look at Cornwallis with, you idiot. Howe lightly smiles at their unease. They sit. Brethren, Howe says. Their faces show they have been taken by surprise. What I tell you today is on the level and will not leave this room. They nod. How is friendly, but all business. There has been some discussion tonight regarding my actions, why I am not finishing. If I were in your boots, I would wonder the same. How looks particularly at Cornwallis, Cornwallis feels a tinge of shame and lowers his head. There is more happening here than you are privy to. They think the ministry. No, not the ministry, Howe says. They love how their general reads all. As Masons, our allegiance is to God first. To do his work is why we risk all. They nod and wonder except Patterson, who can be seen intuiting and thinking. His face is enlivened with creative action as the missing pieces start to come together. How continues. During Breed Hill battle, when I stood at the rail fence alone, something happened. The fighting stopped. I stood in front of the rebel firing line for more than a minute, and no one shot at me. I will confess it was a long moment of peace that I had never felt to that extent before. I was of peace, abiding in heaven on the battlefield with our dead and wounded all around me. That feeling was the realization of our 
Masonic Holy Royal Arch degree, the one we quest for on our own if we are so inclined, where, having merged with the Word, we know the Father by essence, as Word knows the mind which has begotten it. Hal's friends look amazed, but they feel him feeling the moment and believe him. I perceived God from our one center, our cornerstone, for I was hid in Christ. Cornwallis needs a while for this to sink in because his excessive drink has blocked him from fully feeling his spiritual self, his feel. Percy is feeling it, and Patterson feels it immensely and is smiling in mirroring sameness. Howe continues, I had to receive the gift of heavenly love and divine wisdom in order to perceive that a spiritual force, that God, was in command there, and that I was under his authority, and I could feel that there was another on the battlefield who was part of all of this. I turned toward the redoubt at that time and made sense in the moment that the other was there, a Joseph Warren, I found out later, and we were part of the performance together. Then all before me started to fade, and a soft light seemed to come forward and was everywhere, God's unmanifested light. Gentlemen, I knew that light was God, and we were raised up participants, vessels, in God's design. How is nodding? America is the sacred cause, God's sacred cause, and that is why we are here. Joseph Warren had a part to play, and I do as well. I wrote to my brother, the Admiral, that I had experienced a moment during battle I never had before. When he arrived, he needed more proof that God had his hand in this cause. So we eventually sent Patterson to intuit the moment with Washington and his staff in order to satisfy the Admiral. Patterson is all smiles now with the scheme. How continues, my brother had come over as the peace commissioner while I was going to finish off the rebels in one battle, and then the tables turned. You see, Cornwallis, you were partially correct. I am still the same general that gets the job done, only now the difference is I am also God's open vessel for God's American cause. Patterson? It makes sense to me, General. It was I who found you at the rail fence, standing there and no one shooting, and you seemed not to mind that there was a rebel line with guns looking at you as though Jesus walked again. I approached and told you we should leave, and I remember saying, No one is shooting, General. And you said, This is God's doing. I could not have agreed more. Patterson shakes his head with amazing. Then you said, still from that place, not in your usual way, let's regroup the men. You never asked me about what happened, Patterson. 
I knew one day you would tell me, General. And yes, it comes to me in the church, the conversation about a moment. Hal thinks about that and remembers and feel. Thought you were on to me, Patterson. They smile, and now Cornwallis has forced me to tell all. Hal smiles with understanding at Cornwallis. Interesting dilemma, Cornwallis. How much change in one's commander is too much? Cornwallis nods. It seems I have been at war with the rebels, Hal says, some of my brigadiers and the ministry. Cornwallis shakes his head at himself. This situation reminds me of the one my commander Wolfe found himself in before the Battle of Quebec. Brigadier Moncton thought the landing at the base of Abraham impractical, and another one thought the heat of the tide would cause the disembarkation to miscarry. Absurd, rather. The brigadiers had flinched after they had brought Wolfe up the river to do the job. Everyone but his own family, his officer staff, objected and thought it was highly improbable that he would succeed, for everything was stacked against him. The dark night, the distance of the landing place, the unpredictable tide, and the improbable chance of hitting the place intended. But, gentlemen, when God guides the action, one sweeps aside obstacles, ignores contrary advice, and plays to win. Like cards, Cornwallis. Terribly sorry, sir, Cornwallis says. I had no idea other plans, God's plan, was in the works. How nods. Patterson now with a knowing grin. General, thought you sent me to test the water. <laughs> yes, James, I told the Admiral we should send you because you would feel into the situation. <laughs> Patterson continues, almost fell off my chair after Washington said, those who have done no wrong need no pardon because his spiritual presence became massive as did his staff's. Their General Knox was observing me closely. I gave away my state of disbelief. Something was happening. I had come face to face with substance and weight in a place where I never imagined I would find it. I was sure of what I had felt. But you had your reasons not to enlighten me further, General. You did your job, Patterson, and convinced my brother that I was on the level. Then he was ready to risk all to serve God. Can this be true? Cornwallis asks. I mean, on the level, General? They look at him. How nods. Percy says, Do you not feel it, Cornwallis? You are a master mason. How says, You will after the effect of your bottle wears off, Cornwallis. I know you meant well, and such conversations with Clinton take a toll when the one who is absent is a friend. Cornwallis nods. There you are, Cornwallis. You're mirroring with me. They are as they were before. What is the sense behind attacking and then pulling back? Cornwallis asks. Howe sits back 
and lets them hash it out. Patterson says, to satisfy the ministry, otherwise you will be recalled. How nods. Percy asks, does Washington know? Cornwallis is his old self again and says, Washington does not know anything. But God, Patterson says, is in play within him. Percy adds, we, you, General, wait on Washington to be raised up. Very good, Percy, Howe says. Cornwallis adds, but will he, General? How will he? And even if he does, his men are green, very young, and very old, and exceedingly ragged, Percy adds. God, Patterson says. Indeed, Patterson, Howe adds. God will work out the where and when with Washington, and spirit will close the deal. Gentlemen, not everything is known at this point. Our belief is in God and his precision, his perfect design. What I do know is that the king and parliament are forms of the supreme power, and this supreme power, God, is absolute and uncontrollable, and that all resistance to God must consequently be rebellion. We mortals are not the playmakers. God is a supreme power, the master architect of the universe. Washington has many gifts, but military strategy is not one of them so far. But who knows God's plan? If I can have a moment like I had and come into conformity with God's will, then who's to say what gifts Washington may receive to further God's cause? We know Washington is devout. Patterson found that out. Anything can happen. He got his men across the river in a sudden fog, right under General Grant's nose. <laughs> Cornwallis, so that's why you gave the order for regular advances. How? It felt like the right thing to do. It's like playing chicken. Have to trust your heart's center. The feel of God times your next move. I believe my Elizabeth enlightened Clinton in that regard. <laughs> All were there and they smile as they remember. What's the end game? Cornwallis asks. Howe replies, as Shakespeare said, or rather God through Shakespeare, Howe subtly smiles and nods with his intuition. I would you were as I would have you be. We wait for Washington to make an offensive, God-intuited move. Patterson nodding and smiling over his commander's intuited genius. And then, I will resign my post. Patterson says, and throw away your book? Cornwallis, drown, Patterson. Patterson's eyes cast left in remembrance and nods with, All right. Resign, Percy asks. There will come a reckoning, Howe says. There is a line drawn in the sand. Don't worry. I will be here until then. To take your money, Percy, at the table, they laugh. General, Cornwallis says, I am sorry I ever listened to Clinton and doubted you. Accepted, Cornwallis. 
I have had to listen to Clinton as well. He casts a long shadow. What I know with certainty is that America is to be our new Jerusalem. God has taken command and wants this place to be the ground wherein souls can be wrought in his image through their will. How long, when, where, who knows? All I can do is observe and feel what God presents to me and then move in accordance with him. In God we trust, gentlemen. They all cross their arms over their heart. I am with you, Commander, Cornwallis says, and I, says Patterson, and Percy says, and I. A toast, Howe says. He gets glasses and pours. Howe raises his glass as they do. May we Knights Templar be ever ready and raised up to play our part for the glory of God. They toast for the glory of God. And mum's the word, gentlemen, tell no one, Hal says. They raise glasses, here, here. Staff meeting early tomorrow, we follow Washington, Cornwall's looks. First things first, though, we are wanted at the table. Scene 81, next morning early, pre-staff meeting, Patterson, Percy, Cornwallis, and Hal. What is our next move, General? Cornwallis asks. Cornwallis, your troops and the Hessians will cross the Hudson at Yonkers and seize Fort Lee. After what happened to their Fort Washington, they will abandon ship without a fight. Then you will closely pursue to Newark. After that, they will probably advance to New Brunswick and perhaps as far as the Raritan River. Cornwallis, there you will stop and await my orders. No trouble with that. Cornwallis smiles and nods to his commander. I will send you a message from headquarters to wait for reinforcements. In three days' time or so, I will arrive with one brigade, not enough men for a campaign. We will then pursue at a determined speed to allow Washington adequate time with the last of his army, 3,000 men, to ford the Delaware and reach their safe haven. After that, we might pretend to give chase and then decide to winter instead. That's the plan, and as always, we will weigh circumstances as they arrive. Any questions before the staff meeting? Cornwallis asks. Will we get away with this? Will God? How in tones? Entirely so. They all smile. Howe says the next with a smile. Will we? Most likely. And if not, I alone will suffer the consequences. However, glory is the reward for abiding by God's directive. Excellently conceived plan, General, Percy says. This came to you while sleeping, Commander? Cornwallis adds. Something like that. Does anyone else know? Patterson adds. The Admiral and hopefully Franklin, who has made headway with Washington. How pauses with thought and says, If Washington thinks he can do it, God will make him believe it. A winning army needs both. His men listen to his musings with interest. How takes up the next as though he never left off. 
Grant will be made privy to all soon as he gets back. Thank you again, General, Cornwallis says, for your continued trust in me. Always, Cornwallis, we are master masons in God first, and the test is, as always, do I feel God in you? I do. They nod, how confides. Very tricky undertaking this, yet. I am confident that my career in life has led me to this center point and most sacred undertaking. I am ready for this. And as for the end result, who knows? One thing to bear in mind, though, is that most of our generals and officers are masons, as well as the ministry and the king. And if there is answering to be done in the end, their question of me will be, why? My answer will be, if God, the master architect of the universe, had come to them in a very perceivable way, as he did me, what in heaven's name would they have done? Would they stand on God's principle or risk their immortal souls? Hal looks at each with weight. They nod in agreement. Mum's the word, brethren. They all say, mum's the word. As they walk out, Cornwallis says, Congratulations, Commander. I heard the king has made you a knight of the bath. Well deserved. Congratulations, Sir, Patterson says. Percy, congratulations, Sir William, General. Doubly so, Sir, Cornwallis says, in light of all this. Thank you, my friends. Scene 82. As the British staff meetings winding up, an advanced messenger officer of General Clinton walks in to HQ through the officers directly to General Howe. Sir, General Clinton will be here shortly and requests a meeting. Clinton here? He had his orders to depart. Never mind. Show him in. The officer leaves and Howe speaks to the others. I sent him to Rhode Island. <laughs> Percy's quick look with Hal that asks to get rid of him, Hal shows yes with a look. Hal shares a chuckle with his officers. Clinton comes striding in, flanked by his officers. Hal's lesser officers standing before Clinton move aside. Hal is seated, flanked by his officer friends. Hal now swivels around in his chair. Clinton and officers come to attention before Hal. General, sir. General Clinton, you were en route to Rhode Island. Yes, I was. Hal looks imperiously. Clinton corrects. I am. What delayed your advancement? Smothered chuckles heard in the background as Clinton turns into the shy bitch. Then word of Lord Cornwallis's next move reached me. Not possible, Clinton. Rather, conjecture. Clinton looks to Cornwallis for support, and he offers nothing. Howe grows tired of the Clinton charade. Clinton, we follow Washington, and you have your orders. General, would not my troops be of greater import to his majesty's empire if I were to march to Brunswick and cut off Washington's retreat while Cornwallis, after he takes Fort Lee, pursues to Newark? Clinton, Fort Lee has not been taken yet. General, but it will. 
Clinton, our next move will be dictated by outcome and field common sense, not moves on a map. Your orders stand. Take Newport, Rhode Island, to ensure ice-free, secure winter lodging for Lord Admiral Howe. Are we clear, Clinton? General, I must insist, Washington's army is the heart of their rebellion. If you would allow me to head off his retreat together with Cornwallis's pursuit, we will finally rid ourselves of rebellion. Clinton dismissed. You have your orders. Follow Clinton looks to Cornwallis, who still offers nothing. Clinton salutes with a tolerable show of civility that soon collapses into a look of defeat and leads with his men. The camera follows Clinton and his men to their horses. Clinton looks for a confidant. Lieutenant, did that strike you as odd, sir? The lieutenant asks. Cornwallis was in agreement and now nothing? I looked to him, and he chose not to see me. How knows my advice is sound? Something else is afoot. Word from the ministry? Germain? The Whigs? Hmm. What if Howe's plans come from the Privy Council? Say nothing about this.